Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Friday, June 24th. In a widely anticipated but still earth-shaking opinion, the Supreme Court of the United States has overturned Roe v. Wade, eliminating the constitutional right to an abortion nationwide. We'll break down where the justices stand, how the president's reacting, and where states will go from here. Well, that unprecedented leak of a draft opinion was actually a preview to the opinion of the court today overturning a nearly 50-year precedent in American jurisprudence when it comes to the issue of abortion. It was a 5-4 decision in overturning Roe versus Wade. And now the high court has ruled in a way that will send the issue of abortion rights back to the states. There were two primary questions that the court was exploring in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. First, should Mississippi's abortion law that bans almost all abortions after the 15th week of pregnancy, with some exceptions, be upheld? That was the more narrow of the two questions. But the larger question at play in this case was, should the court's older rulings on abortion, Roe versus Wade from 1973, and then Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania versus Casey, that decision from 1992, should both of those cases be overturned? The answer to both questions was yes, resoundingly so, though not at the same margin if you look at how the justices split here. That first question should the Mississippi law be upheld, the court said yes, six to three. So that's that sort of super conservative majority on the court and broke down exactly on the ideological lines that you would anticipate. But Chief Justice John Roberts had a difference of opinion with the majority when it came to the issue of overturning Roe versus Wade. Roberts wrote a concurring opinion that he agreed with the majority on upholding Mississippi's law, but that he would not have overturned Roe. So on the consequential, much larger decision here from the court, the overturning of this nearly 50 years of precedent, that was on a more narrow 5-4 split. Thousands of protesters on both sides of the abortion debate gathered outside the court today. This, as the emotional words from the justices, echoed the national divisions we have seen over this very trying issue for decades. In the majority opinion, Justice Samuel Alito writes, quote, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. The three liberal justices in their dissenting opinion, Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, and Elena Kagan, strongly pushed back on what the majority had ruled. Quote, whatever the exact scope of the coming laws, one result of today's decision is certain, the curtailment of women's rights and of their status as free and equal citizens. The dissent goes on to say, quote, withdrawing a woman's right to choose whether to continue a pregnancy does not mean that no choice is being made. It means that a majority of today's court has wrenched this choice from women and given it to the states. A lot of Democrats and activists in various interest groups 
are raising the alarm that this decision could have broader ramifications for other rights that have been secured by Supreme Court rulings. That's because the 1973 Roe decision In that ruling, the court affirmed the legality of a woman's right to have an abortion under the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment, which protects against state action the right to privacy. That's how the court was able to decide other cases, too, for other rights. Now, Samuel Alito, in his majority opinion, tries to wall off abortion from all those other issues. He writes, quote, nothing in this opinion should be understood to cast doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion. So he's really trying to circumscribe the issue of abortion. However, in his concurring opinion, Justice Clarence Thomas couldn't have been clearer, quote, In future cases, we should reconsider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell. That is referring to decisions on contraception, sodomy, and same-sex marriage. President Biden addressed the nation this afternoon with his clear disappointment in today's ruling. Now, with Roe gone, let's be very clear. The health and life of women in this nation are now at risk. This is a sad day for the country, in my view. But it doesn't mean the fight's over. Biden went on to outline the steps his administration is taking in an attempt to mitigate the effects of the ruling. He said the administration would defend the right of a woman to travel to another state to receive an abortion if the procedure is outlawed in her home state. President Biden's also directing the Department of Health and Human Services to work toward making certain medication as accessible as possible, including one that helps end early pregnancies. But the bulk of the president's comments, the big takeaway from the president's comments, was sort of on, it's on you, the voters, to elect more pro-abortion rights representatives and senators so that Roe can be codified into law. No executive action from the president can do that. And if Congress, as it appears, lacks the votes to do that now, voters need to make their voices heard. This fall, Roe is on the ballot. Personal freedoms are on the ballot. The right to privacy, liberty, equality, they're all on the ballot. State legislatures across the country have been preparing for this very moment of Roe versus Wade being overturned. Thirteen states have so-called trigger laws restricting abortion, with six of those taking effect immediately. The laws were designed to go into effect whenever Roe v. Wade would be overturned or after an attorney general or legislative council signed off on it. Governors in Oklahoma and Arkansas issued statements today after the Dobbs decision came down, welcoming the automatic abortion bans in their states. And it's important to note, this decision from the Supreme Court today is obviously against the grain of majority opinion in the United States. Polling for quite some time has been remarkably stable and sort of locked in on this question of whether people across the country wanted to see Roe overturned. According to a May poll conducted right after that draft opinion was leaked, found 66 percent, two thirds of Americans said they did not want the Supreme Court to overturn the landmark abortion rights decision. As you can imagine, the political reaction to this earth shaking decision was swift. Listen to Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who said that this decision was a slap in the face to women and called into question if the Supreme Court justices in the majority today were being honest at their confirmation hearings. How about those justices coming before the senators and saying that they 
they respected sorry to say the, the president of the court, that they respected the right of privacy in the Constitution of the United States. Did you hear that? Were they not telling the truth then? And listen to Senator Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri, and often mentioned as a potential 2024 Republican presidential candidate. I think another period of transformative change in American politics is now upon us. I think we will see a major sorting out across the country that is already underway as we speak, as states move to uh, change their laws or adopt new laws in response to this decision. It's going to have significant impact on where people live, I think, and the decisions that they make uh, in terms of jobs they go to, where they locate their families, and uh, will lead to impacts in in, uh, voting patterns, I think, all around the country. It is so important to remember that for the pro-life movement, the anti-abortion rights movement, this has been a 50-year quest. And today, they reached the promised land. Here's Elise Stefanik, the congresswoman from New York. She's the highest-ranking Republican woman in the House of Representatives. And here she was praising the ruling today. Today's historic Supreme Court decision is a victory for the sanctity of life. It will save countless innocent children. House Republicans are incredibly grateful for the pro-life movement's tireless efforts for decades, leading to this day to give a voice to the voiceless and protect our most vulnerable, unborn babies. As a new mom, I know there is nothing more extraordinary than the miracle of life. Hearing Sam's heartbeat for the first time, I'm going to cry, was the greatest blessing and gift for our family. And I stand unified with my Republican colleagues in protecting and promoting the right to life. It is not at all clear how this ruling will actually impact people's votes this November. There was some polling after the leak of the draft opinion that suggested, in fact, this still may prove to be more of a motivator for Republicans than Democrats. Democrats are hoping that's not the case. They are hoping they can rally around this and make the election about this. Though given the economy and inflation, it is right to be somewhat dubious that that is where the electorate will be come this fall. What is crystal clear is that if you are 50 years old or younger, the America that you knew in terms of this constitutionally granted right is no more. And this is a dramatic shift, not just on the small sort of legal angle on this, but just culturally and in our society. Perhaps one of the biggest shifts we've seen when it comes to an individual's right that had been granted that is now taken away. I can't recall of something else happening like that in our political system in my lifetime. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. CNN Political Briefing is a product of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is our executive producer. Greg Peppers is our supervising producer. Mohammed Darwish is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Krista Bowe and Anna Sterla. We'll be back Monday.